everyone, and welcome to the Eco Vibes podcast, where we have interactive conversations on environmental topics with people from across the world. I'm your host, Khadija Stewart, and this is the Action for the Ocean series inspired by Pendulum and Pete's Boat US. Joining me is Eyal Kapulnik, and I'm so excited to chat with you, learn about your campaign, all the work that you do, just everything you have going on. So yeah, welcome, Eyal. Thank you for having me, Khadija. Yeah, hope you're excited. You know, we're going to have a good conversation and stuff. I know you have a lot of work going on, and it's very interesting. So guys, be prepared. You're going to love it. And Eyal, would you like to tell our listeners where you are right now as we are recording this? So I'm in a restaurant on the beach and the restaurant is already closed uh, and they let me sit here uh, to use the Wi-Fi once in a while. And uh, there's still uh, uh, the bartender and uh, one of the waitresses sitting here relaxing after work uh, just behind me. <laughs> that is so nice. And stuff, but me, I don't know. Maybe you can get us some drinks. We can drink virtually. Oh. I'm not gonna put out any conversation. <laughs> no oh, more. Yeah. Never mind. Hey. So before we get into the conversation, I just want to give a quick bio so that people have an idea who I'm speaking with. Growing up in Israel, Eyal was active in various youth movements and learned about the therapeutic side of the ocean through sailing with special needs groups. In the Pacific Islands, he was part of an Ocean's Watch Ecology Research and Humanitarian Aid Expedition and experienced first-hand environmental issues that are apparent in our ocean. Eyal then pursued a Bachelor of Science in Marine Biology and gained a deeper science-based understanding of key global sustainability topics. Over the past few years, he has worked in marine conservation with youth and adults in order to raise awareness and connect the seas and oceans and the water around. Today, he's an emergency oil pollution volunteer coordinator with EcoOcean, as well as a free diving instructor. And overall, he aims to connect marine-based communities with knowledge to inspire change that people need to make in this world so that they can live a better life and continue to sustain and contribute positively to our environment. He did a lot of great work. <laughs> a lot of uh, headlines, a lot of headlines. Yes, you know, I know that we were both part of Pendulum and Peace Boats program, which was um, a storytelling initiative to help us develop campaigns for this year's World Oceans Week celebrations. So I would love to know like what your campaign is about, what inspired you, and how did you think the whole experience was? So <laughs> first of all, the experience of going through like the different lessons about how to post, uh, post uh, something to the media and how mm-hmm. to take uh, pictures and how to tell my story online was extremely important for me right i'll just uh, on a short story about we did like a huge beach cleanup all over israel trying to break a guinness record on uh, the largest uh, beach cleanup and right and i was the whole day from eight in the morning till uh, five o'clock you know going with children talking with them people were picking trash and then after the whole day a volunteer came to me and told me this was the worst event i've ever been to and i'm like wow why? Why was this the worst event? It was nice. <laughs> People were cleaning. We had some pictures. We were teaching about the sea. And she was like, there was no hashtag. No hashtag for this uh, occasion. And I was like, what? The hashtag? That what? And she was like, yes. You can't do a beach cleanup any event today if you don't have a hashtag. And, yeah. And that's like a point where I said, okay, I need to understand more about how to get to the masses. How to, uh, even if 
I'm doing something, it's nice. I'm doing it with 200, 300 people, which I thought is a lot. But mm -hmm. she was like, no, it needs to be like a virus. Anything you do, if you want people to get in touch with your, with your uh, goal, you need right. to make it like a virus that it can spread around. And that's like a point where I said, okay, I need to learn how to communicate on different uh, platforms. And uh, this project with Pendulum and the Peace Boat US was perfect for me for uh, like opening my eyes to how to do it. Yeah, no, but that, that was a big insult though. She said it's the worst event ever, but I mean, she had, she definitely had a point. And yeah. I feel like that's a point that all of us could take away from because a lot of us have different events, different, you know, initiatives, and we definitely don't have a hashtag. I can speak for myself. I definitely don't have hashtags. <laughs> I will put random hashtags, but it's nothing, you know, like related to the event or something like that. And she's right. If we want to change then anything we do in has to be like a virus that was spread and that you know would reach the masses so yeah that's that was interesting guys listening i hope you take that away get yourself a hashtag <laughs> or join so, or join someone else's hashtag if you believe in it exactly so what exactly is your campaign about so i call my campaign open your sales uh, mm -hmm. and it's about doing the thing you love spreading the thing you love singing your song that you feel in your heart the thing that that makes you move naturally in this world, the thing that catches up a, a nature, natural wind, like on sails on a boat, do it, just do it. So just open your sail right now. This is the time. And that's the name of the campaign. And it's part of a project we call a One Boat because we're all in the same boat. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so that's mm -hmm. like the, the names. Uh, but... What I'm trying to do uh, is connected to where I am right now. So I got a few months, a few months back, I got to Eilat. Eilat uh, sits on the Red Sea Gulf, right just next to uh, Jordan and Egypt and uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, so we're right like just a few kilometers here. It's the it's a point between four different countries and it's really yeah. interesting when there's water between us because it feels a bit more connected to freedom and nature and less like, a, you know, army zones and borders where we have enough of those uh, in Israel and in the Middle East and I feel also everywhere. Yeah. And we don't need any more. We definitely we don't enough. need any more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, I got here and after a few months of uh, free diving and relaxing and connecting to myself and doing yoga and eating very well, suddenly a huge oil uh, container stopped right in front of the beach where I stayed. I was like on just on a mattress, sleeping, waking up in the morning and a huge oil container uh, just uh, came into the, to the beach and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm, I was I thought I'm resting now. I thought I'm on a vacation <laughs> and this is happening. Okay, so I think now it's also part of my responsibility to understand what's going on here. And after I'm already four years uh, doing education with uh, an organization called Echo Ocean. Uh, right. We're doing, it's, a, it's an organization that does marine science uh, Mediterranean with a boat that has all the equipment. And mm -hmm. after a while of research, they started, wait, pause. 
Ecoocean, uh, does marine science uh, research in the Mediterranean and helping researchers from different uh, universities in Israel to do their research, to uh, dive, to send an ROV, uh, to check the uh, parameters in the water uh, that they can have data. Uh, right. A lot of years, they were like, okay, there's an, a lot of research, there's a lot of data, but it doesn't get to anyone. It doesn't get to the public. And mm-hmm. they opened an educational a part of the organization. And we go to a lot of schools in Israel and we do beach cleanups with different uh, uh, companies and organizations. And the thing is moving the, the science, the data to the people and telling them, yes, you know about the plastic, but did you know that it suffocates the sea? And then show them, yeah, if there's a layer of plastic and a turtle's try to breathe, it can't yeah. breathe because it gets a plastic bag in its face. And the same with uh, uh, oxygen when you try like if you're a planktonic uh, seaweed and you're trying mm-hmm. to do photosynthesis. If you have uh, a plastic on the top of the on top of you, you can't do photosynthesis and this makes the water with no oxygen. So you can tell people about that and then they're like, okay, that's cool, but still, what do we care? And then they'll tell, you need to tell them that 60% of the oxygen they breathe <laughs> comes from the ocean. And then they're like, okay, okay, it's getting closer, but it's not yeah. that yet. And, and slowly, slowly with children and adults, you put this, uh, uh, you put the knowledge up and then they start using logical uh, uh, instruments to understanding that the ocean is part of their body and any action should be uh, started from that point even if it's just you know paying respect even that yeah. is something so doing educational work and coming here to a lot I was like I called echo ocean I told them listen I mean a lot I know you do Mediterranean only but there's a huge oil tank that just came here <laughs> and I think it's going to be a problem uh, but <laughs> Israel uh, signed a peace agreement with Saudi Arabia, with the Emirates, sorry, with the Emirates, with Dubai. Uh, and that point was a point where people thought, okay, we're doing peace with a country. And it was about uh, getting uh, airplanes for the army and selling something like that. But something else that happened was also signing for an oil contract between a, a Europe and Africa and something really, really big on a, a oil pipe that didn't work for almost 50 years so the oh my goodness yeah so this is really scary really scary because there's the marine life that is just next to me right now is amazingly diverse and crazy and beautiful and yelling i am alive i am alive <laughs> it is really scary because right now the oil is starting to move just on top of it and we have enough oil in the in this gulf in the, the red sea and But now we're going to have a lot more. And when I'm talking about the infra- infrastructure, I'm talking about a very old pipe that mm-hmm. uh, it's a, a bit not safe. It's not it's safe. It's going to be functioning. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That's uh, so interesting. Like the world just revolves around oil. And it's just like, I feel like, unfortunately, it's just going to be a disaster waiting to happen. 
especially since the pipes are so old and it's a disaster that nobody wants. Definitely nobody wants, but with age pipes, and I can speak for like Trinidad and Tobago, like, so what people don't know, even though like my country's in the Caribbean, we are actually an oil and gas nation. So we have all the infrastructure, we have oil, we have natural gas, we have all these things, but a lot of our stuff are ancient. And this has led to some serious oil spills in the past. And unfortunately, you know, we don't make the news large scale, but Trinidad and Tobago, for those of you who don't know, is very close to Venezuela. It's very close to South America. And we had an oil spill here a few years ago with thousands of barrels of oil just entering the sea. And it got so bad to the point where the oil actually reached Mexico. Now, for you guys who don't know, Mexico is closer to North America. So, you know, the oil travel a significant um, distance. And that should give you an idea of the volume of oil that was spilled and the disaster that occurred. But yeah, it was very unfortunate. And people, because it didn't affect because they thought that it didn't affect them directly, they didn't really take it on. But of course, we all know that these things would affect you, whether it be in the long term, whether it be indirectly. And it's like you were saying before, connecting the dots, that 60% of oxygen that we get from the ocean, and if there's a layer of oil just chilling, you know, then a lot of species are dying, that whole ecosystem dies, and so forth and so forth and so forth. So, yeah, that's horrible. That really moved me into asking myself, okay, what the hell should I do right now? Yeah. Uh, and I said, okay, I can't let this happen. This is not going to happen. Doesn't matter what. But then I started, you know, just being against it. And I was asking myself, okay, now what? So I'm on the beach. I'm talking with people. I'm going to the uh, to policymakers. I'm checking what's going on. And I see it's totally secret. You can't get any yeah. information about it. Uh, and then I understand that this is how these things work. So it's the first time I'm really close to like oil oil companies work. It was amazing to to understand. I can't get to anyone. You can't get any name. You can't. No one. Yeah. No one answers you, and it's legal for them <laughs> not to answer simple questions like who is your insurance company for this thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we don't need to tell you. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I called Echo Ocean. I was like, Echo Ocean, I'm here in the Red Sea. There's this thing going on. And they're like, we know, we heard that it's going on. And we have a, a, a plan for uh, different cities uh, that live next to the beach. A, a plan for like oil emergency volunteer plan. Okay, so any oil spill that happens, any oil spill that happens, happens in the ne- in the next days is that the whole area, all the humans around, they want to help and they want mm-hmm. to try to do whatever they can to help and save that uh, marine life or try to help the environment that is around them. Okay, so this happens usually after the oil being spilled. Yeah. Uh, which is really nice, but uh, helps until a certain point. So I, our program gathers volunteers from different areas on the coast of Israel and mm-hmm. teaches them how to behave, what kind of work would we need to do uh, on a spill, if, if will happen a spill of oil, of any kind of oil. And 
this area of Israel is getting a lot of, uh, it's getting into the gas business, getting into the oil business, transferring now oil for the Emirates to Russia, from Russia to Africa. A lot of movement is happening now. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of conspiracies about where it's going, who bought it, and it doesn't matter. Not a lot of money is getting to the country. And uh, we have right now something like 50 volunteers here in Elat uh, that mm-hmm. went through, we did like a, a four days of teaching how to behave, what kind of work needs to be, what kind of legal work is being done right now. The people in charge of the Office of Ecology has a limitations to what it can do because most governments right now just uh, uh, shrink the power of the, of the ec- ecology section in their offices. So, so like they have limited things they can do in order to stop or prevent these uh, uh, occasions. So uh, the volunteers come in with a bit of more knowledge than just popping in the day after something happens. Uh, and this way we can, first of all, have the volunteers uh, uh, into work and being in charge of other people. So when a thing like this happens, there's six people that know what to do here in Elat in this occasion. But if this happens, six people won't be enough to, you know, just working on the boat. And then you yeah. have a lot of other things you need to do. So the volunteers come in and they help managing the situation. Uh, uh, another thing that happens is that we go through the plan of the municipality. We go through okay. the, the, the local plans uh, of emergency. And in this way, we can see if something is wrong or they're ready or they need more uh, equipment. And that's really, really nice. Uh, to have because I walked into the municipality's uh, uh, containers and they are not ready. They're not ready. So if I was scared before, after I was opening the containers, I understood that I should be scared. And and even after opening the containers, going and talking with the pollution prevention unit, and you see also they're a bit scared from the new uh, uh, situation with the oil. So this gets me even more triggered. And every time Mm -hmm. I get more triggered, I try to find what I can do about it. Uh, So one thing... I do is with the volunteers and this is really nice also connecting the community also connecting between the local authorities to the pollution prevention unit and it's really nice because this triangle can do things that it couldn't do before so just mm-hmm. by connecting just by connecting those dots now they have more opportunities uh, uh, to be done and this this blown my mind because I, I always wanted to do like connections between the community and uh, academy. But then I understood Mm -hmm. that the municipality has a great part of it. And then I understood that local businesses have a great part of pollution or a, a, a big part of any pollution happening in this city. So connecting the different dots started to be like something I'm very interested in. And here I'm getting slowly, slowly, I'm getting to the project. No, but this is all good stuff. And I mean, I feel like it's so good that you're taking such a proactive approach 
and tackling the problem because at the end of the day, like we said before, with, with age pipes, it's only a matter of time. Like you're literally just waiting on time. It's not a matter of this is not going to happen. It's just when, right? So because now you're taking this solid proactive approach, if something happens, you know, you guys can move quick. You can mobilize, like things could be effective because a lot of times the response comes after and the response is usually insanely slow slow to the point where it's best they didn't even bother to respond right so exactly exactly and even now they teach us when we're sitting there and you know the professionals teach us that we can only clean something like 20 percent of the mess you know if there's Mm -hmm. an oil spill we can only clean between 20 to 30% of the oil. The rest goes into the water. So even if we really want to, it's going to be really hard to get people to do it. It's going to be hard to teach them to do it well. And mm-hmm. once we'll do it, we could only save about 20% of the of the damage. Uh, so that's also something that needs to be thought about because you said it's a matter of time, but also it's a matter of accepting you know accepting that this is the situation which is really hard and if we're already in an open uh, conversation if i may go to another go okay this the floor is yours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this oil situation started triggering in me like a you know we need to be resilient we need to gather yeah. everyone and stop this immediately i can't imagine anything like this happening so I don't want to imagine it. So I'll just mm-hmm. stop it. And this started slowly, slowly uh, uh, to build into uh, something a bit violent inside me. Because every time I saw the oil containers coming, I got scared. I, I got really, really scared. I couldn't stop looking. I couldn't take my eyes off of it because mm-hmm. I was terrified. And every time I got into an office and they were telling me what they have and how they're ready, I was even more terrified <laughs> until my eyes my eyes started twinking, you know, my eyes oh. <laughs> Wow, it's really bothered you. But no, it's good. It's good because now you use that fear and that anger and everything to motivate you to take some level of action. It got into my dreams and it got into my <laughs> relationship okay so i'm not now i'm i'm not in a relationship and i can say oh thank my you gosh. to the oil companies <laughs> no no so I, I i'm not putting it on the oil companies that my, uh, my relationship but i am saying that sometimes when working against and you have this a uh, a goal that is very, very just. It's it's the right thing to stop this uh, oil process coming from uh, into a lot or you know slowing it down all over the world. But sometimes, if you use too much if, uh, resistance, if you're too uh, against something, it can also influence uh, your uh, inner peace or uh, coming into your emo- emotional world. So. It really touched me until a point like my neighbors were like, Eyal, you're talking all the time about oil. Or we know <laughs> it's important for you, but it, it doesn't look very healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I stopped. I stopped. I took, a, <laughs> I stopped with it for a three weeks. I didn't talk about oil. And then, and then I started talking about it again, but this time with a <laughs> smile. No, no, I, I'm joking. So this time I understood it can't be something violent. Violent will be 
a, a side effect of this. So I'm trying to get to the core of it. And if anyone knows Defend the Sacred, like Defend the Sacred is a movement of a, a, a ecology and a, like religious practices where you check what do you really believe in and you try right. to move anything from that, from the heart of your own beliefs. And this way, Anything you do is also something you practice and something you are already are. And that when that comes out to the world, that's much more in harmony than other things. Yeah, uh, it's more receptive. And it's not just like anger, oil, 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 oil. <laughs> no. So yeah, that's good. So the project I chose for this time. <laughs> oh, guys, we finally made it to the project. <laughs> yes. So open yourself means come, do whatever you love, do the thing that gives you passion. And we need, I need you to focus it on the natural environment around, okay? So if you like to do yoga, amazing. Right. Let's all do yoga next to the beach where we care mm -hmm. about the ocean and we focus about health, okay? Because it takes time for people to get out of their comfort zone. And it's right. a lot harder to get someone out of his comfort zone if he's into resistance, like Telling them come to a demonstration is a lot further. It's a it's a long way from telling them let's do yoga on the beach. The beach, yeah. Okay, but it's 20 people on the beach that care about the beach and are thinking about the health of the oceans. Uh, so you can get the same goals in different kind of methods. Yeah, I like that. Um, one boat in a lot is about to connect different points, raising the community awareness by uh, different uh, uh, events, nice one, fun ones, uh, making awareness, talking about subjects that are important that people should know, but focusing also on the gathering itself and not only about, you know, stop the oil, stop the oil. Just, just taking yeah, that yeah. a bit aside, talking about it. It's not something we don't want to talk about, but trying, first of all, to get uh, the gathering a bit uh, more stiff. Building that community, yeah. Uh, exactly, exactly. So building a community that is from different dots, of course, but going to the academy, because there's a lot of, there's different, there's a few universities working in the city and we need these people, you know, the most intelligent people in a lot are closing themselves inside libraries and uh, gathering more information to make another uh, a paper out, which is amazing. <laughs> and I love that. And I love science. But right now, the thing is that the nature is calling us. The water is calling us. The wind is whispering, help me. Let's do something <laughs> together. Dance the dance. You came here to dance, you know? Uh, yeah. It also means that the, uh, the uh, doctors, the professors should step out and start working, being a bit more active in our community. Same yeah. with the diving center. So there's a bunch of diving centers working in the city, making a lot of money out of tourism and doing not a lot of work to preserve and to be doing marine conservation. That's unfortunate because it's like, if you don't preserve this environment that you take any tourists to dive to, then the industry falls and then you no longer could make money from it. So you should think that they would know that they should work towards preserving it in order to save the business. But I guess for a lot of people... 
focus, not the focus. So now you have like this doctor or master uh, student that can join a, a, a diving center and help mm-hmm. them to stop using a single-use plastic, let's say, or start teaching the students uh, the, the doing the uh, paddy or whatever organization, start teaching them about the marine environment. And you have this project also in paddy, a uh, project aware, uh, where they teach about the, uh, the mar- bit about the marine environment and the corals, really nice. But here in Elat, we need to get to be specific, okay? So mm-hmm. if there's a research about something or they're monitoring the water here, So maybe the diving centers can help. Yeah. And also the other way, if you're a diving center and you'd like to have a new program, something special, something new, something that people would love to, to get, you have a few doctors here that can in five minutes make that program <laughs> happen. Okay. And now add that to the policymakers in town and you can start working with, all, with the local community and making projects. A lot faster uh, so it's yeah. this is the campaign just making projects together that are more connected to the a small person and then slowly connecting uh, other people around him that have the same cause and the same goal in their heart I absolutely love that because a lot of times especially with like ocean problems or environmental problems we have a lot of different groups operating separately and nobody operating together and And it's that togetherness that will help us really understand how the different systems work, how the different problems affect the different communities so that when we develop solutions, it's a solution for everybody and not just a solution for one group or something. So I think that is great that you're working towards connecting the different stakeholders like that. It's so important, guys. A lot of times it's overlooked and it's so frustrating. To me, it's frustrating because that happens here in Trinidad. We have the scientists and the specialists who just operate, again, always reading the next book to produce the next paper. They're the ones speaking at the conferences, but then you have the people at the coastal communities suffering. And they know firsthand what is happening. They mightn't be able to use these scientific terms, but they're living and experiencing it. So it's only fair that, you know, everybody join forces and stuff. But... Yeah, so it's great that you're doing that. Keep it up. Thumbs up. <laughs> so I know for the project, you know, we had to come up with like three calls to action and stuff. So what are your calls to action? So, yeah, as I told you before, I'm trying to be more uh, practical. And this is like the first steps I'm doing into the media or into the uh, worldwide right. web uh, platform. Yeah. <laughs> uh, So I, I started organizing a few events here in Elat, like mm-hmm. in the real world. <laughs> And <laughs> uh, through that, also promoting the uh, Action for the Ocean uh, 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 program we did. And in my uh, actions that I uh, asked people to do, it was go out of your house and... <laughs> And walk around, smell the air. If the, mm-hmm. the air smells uh, like something is fishy, call the local authority. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Simple. If, if you go and you go to the beach or to the river or to the forest or to the desert, wherever you live, you go outside and you find trash on the floor, pick it up. Okay? So the, the minimum, pick it up. If you picked it up, that's it. Our world is already a bit cleaner. The action yeah. was done. You don't need to send money to anyone. You don't need to sign anything. 
you went out of your house and you did an action about it. It's amazing. But that's the start. That's the beginning. That's the beginning of it. Going outside, if there's trash, pick it up. If there's a smell or a, a weird color in the water, so you should call the local authorities and tell them. Because it's really easy for them to say, we didn't know. No one told us. We couldn't find mm-hmm. it. People polluting did it at night, so we didn't know about it. Right, uh, yeah. And if us as residents, uh, 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 we should be more alarmed, more aware of what is happening, and we should help the local authority knowing about it. So all we need mm-hmm. to do is call and tell them about it. That's like the beginning. And afterwards, you can check out if your, mem- uh, your neighbor also wants to be active in the same purpose. And if, right. you're, two, if you're two, this is already a, a game changer. This is a huge game changer. When you, you're not alone, you, there's nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop mm-hmm. you. When you feel there's someone with you and that you're not alone in this uh, cause, you can do anything. This is really, really important. Like when doing... No, I, I love that. And your call to actions are so simple, but they're so effective. <laughs> like, I know, and it's something that everybody could do because a lot of times, like, when the whole, let's say, climate crisis or ocean problems and stuff are presented, like, the solutions seem so far removed from reality. And it's just like, how could I make a difference? Like, this is such a big problem. I don't know where to start, so I'll just continue life as, as usual. But all you're saying is, go outside, take a walk, walk your dog. And if you see trash, just pick it up and you're already being part of the solution. Something as simple as calling in and reporting a pollution problem in a river or something that's a big deal and i feel like people could say okay this is something i could do i could get on board and i would be you know making a difference and then you know they would just tell their friends hey you know i went for a walk i picked up this trash you want to join me and then more and more people start joining and then all of a sudden you have a movement and it's like that whole back to the beginning it's like a virus now it just spreads and, you know, so yeah, I think that's great. You are amazing. And not only you pick up the trash, you also can look at it and see what kind of trash is being dumped. And then yeah. when you go to the supermarket, you can say, oh, wait, I know that this is trash. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. It's not only trash in the forest or in the river. Maybe it's also trash when I put it inside my body. And mm. then this is like a... Oh my God. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> this is like a mind-blowing. Maybe trash starts when I get it and not when I throw it. Wow. This is a game changer. <laughs> like... <laughs> yes. So that's really important about asking, what can I do? Because... Just like you said, these things are so big and you're trying to say, I, I need to stop the fashion industry now. I need to stop Coca-Cola for whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and, and all I can do is close myself in the room and get into a deep depression. Yeah. But, yeah. but it is simple because if I don't want Coca-Cola to rule the world, I just don't need it to, gi- to give Coca-Cola to rule my world. I need to mm-hmm. get it out of my body slowly and securely and then I will see less of the Coca-Cola brand in my world. And this is something we can all do together and then we'll find less plastic uh, around us, let's say. So it's really getting outside, checking what's happening. If there's mm-hmm. something I, I can report hazards to the local authorities, I do it. 
If there's something I can pick up and do by myself, I do it. If I can uh, uh, build a community or start telling my friend, let's do it together, I do it. And then if I start understanding that this is things I get into my body, so I understand I need to change the way I'm eating, I'm drinking, I'm driving, I'm wearing clothes, I'm talking to people. You know, today people are talking trash to each other. So mm-hmm. why won't we, why won't we find trash all over if people are talking? talking trash, of course, we'll find trash around us. But that's still what I can do. Okay, what I can do. And yes, there are big industries now that are working for us. We need to remember they're working for us. Maybe they want profit, but we're the one that's choosing the profit to get to them. Okay, mm-hmm. so it definitely needs to be a change of the way we use our reality. So we need to start Uh, gathering together, working together, and checking what we can do in order to uh, uh, find different solutions or doing the stuff we love in a harmony in harmony with nature. I like that message, doing stuff we love in harmony with nature, because a lot of times we do stuff we love and we just absolutely don't take nature into consideration. And it's like, why not? Because it's like you said, you could do yoga on the beach and then you could have that connection to the ocean. You could have that connection to yourself, etc. So, yeah. That's a good message. So guys, if it's two important things you take from this conversation is one, always have a hashtag. And two, do things in harmony with nature. <laughs> you know, there were a lot of other great messages in the conversation. I'm joking, but I really like this last one. And you know, whatever you're doing, do it in harmony with nature. That's an important message. So I hope you guys, I hope you guys got that. Yeah. And if you can do it together. So if you like okay. yoga, do it on the beach. If you do yoga on the beach, invite someone because everyone likes yoga on the beach. So just invite Very them. Very true. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we were all preparing for World Oceans, Day, World Oceans Day and World Oceans Week, which is June 8th. And I know that you probably would have had some activities planned or conducted. So I'd love to know what you did to celebrate World Oceans Day this year and where you see things going. Yeah, so it was a crazy week. We started with a, a, a running for the oceans. Uh, Adidas just uh, did like an app where in every kilometers you run with this app, they clean 10 bottles, which I think different things about it, but it's also really nice. So we invited yeah. people, we invited people, we did some stretching next to the beach. We talked about the cause, about the health of the ocean, which we want that to be our focus. And then we started running like five kilometers all together, 30 people, uh, 40 people together. And that was really, really nice. Uh, that was the first thing we did. And then we closed it with a bit more stretching and, uh, you know, uh, uh, integrating the, the experience. Another thing was uh, we screened the movie so uh, and did an ocean talk. Uh, right. We invited people to the restaurant where I'm sitting re- right now. And the restaurant told me, I was asking them, can we do an ocean, a movie night? And they were like, yeah, no problem. So I said, okay, let's do it. And we invited people here and... I talked about different, you know, the problems in the ocean or the, the beautiful uh, diversity in the ocean or things, uh, uh, resources we, we enjoy from the ocean. So that was like a, a, a bit talking and giving data. And then 
asking people why do they love the ocean and what do they want that will happen here? What would they really want that will happen? And not going this time to the negative and what to stop and what shouldn't be, but asking yeah. what should happen and what do they believe that will happen. And through that, we had a really important and interesting conversation that moves us into the next step of being a bit more active. Mm-hmm. And then we screened the movie Moana, uh, which I love and makes me cry every time and sing and dance. Uh, <laughs> so I love that movie. And it was also a question, will we show, you know, the BBC, David Attenborough, something like very dramatic and uh, with the great pictures, maybe some dolphins being killed or sharks uh, being mm-hmm. sliced up in China. Uh, but then I said, wait, no, no, we don't need any blood here. To get this point yeah we can use a beautiful princess to get this point over uh, and it's funny that you say that because Moana is one of my favorite movies I have watched it a million times and like now that you mention it in this conversation chances are I'm gonna watch it again today because I just love Moana so much and the message is so powerful but it's powerful in a friendly way so it's powerful in a way that people could get it and not like like you said something that's harsh with death and murder and leaving you with no hope feeling you know useless and stuff so yeah that's a good movie choice because we all we all are this princess that wants to sing the the things sitting in our heart you know we all want to mm-hmm. to sing that song and very loud all together and this is the point this is where we got I think all of us together this is the point where we all start dancing the dance we came to dance here on this air uh, and yes. and this is the harmony I was talking about people singing people dancing people doing this a, a thing that it burns inside of them and just mm-hmm. doing that and releasing it to the world make the makes the world a bit more colorful a bit more a musical a bit more happy and that's why it's really important that people will just simply do those acts of love they are carrying inside them this was such a great conversation i feel like it could have gone on for like so much more like yes, you know, let's talk for hours we can <laughs> i i i have to you know eat lunch and, and <laughs> do things and do things yeah, 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 yeah. But i feel like you left our listeners feeling hopeful and you gave them such great advice and you know you have such amazing call to actions that people could take that simple effective and it's something that anybody could do like you don't have to be an environmentalist to do it you don't have to be you know a scientist or something it's it's literally at the personal level which is amazing so i would definitely like to thank you for joining me and sharing all the knowledge that you shared it was great thank you very much for having me i would love to talk to you anytime about any subject and it was great talking with you today yes so would you like to tell the people where they can find you on social media I know that's still a work in progress oh yeah but you do have Instagram I do have an Instagram it's called Kapulnik K-A-P-U-L-N-I-K and on Facebook Eyal David Kapulnik and our project is called 
one boat, uh, which you can find in most places. And let's make love on this earth, on this uh, planet. Thank you very much. It was yeah. an honor, a great honor. Yeah. So guys, you know, if you enjoy this conversation, make sure to give the Eco Vibes podcast a like. I need as much likes as possible, guys. And make sure and follow Eco Vibes on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter to keep up to date with everything we have going on. And we have a great season ahead. Keep looking out for all these new episodes. And thank you again so much for joining me. And bye!